Hello again, my friend. This is Dan Jones with a quiet talk that was written just to bless and encourage you. Jesus called a group of people to himself we call the Twelve Apostles. I like the two little words that Mark includes when talking about this call and that are not found in the other Gospels. In chapter 3, we read these words. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send out, send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Did you catch those two little words, that they might be with him? He then says, what they are to do, preach and have authority over demons. But before they do anything for Jesus, they must first be with Jesus. What must it have been like to be with Jesus as these twelve were? I once postulated in a sermon that we like to think that we would have been Jesus's most faithful disciples if we had lived when he lived there in Palestine. But I said in that message that most of us would probably have gone along with the crowd who shouted, crucify him, crucify him. I noticed one person shaking her head as if to say, no, I would never have done that. Suffice it to to say that if we had a time machine and could go back to the days of Jesus things would probably have not been like we think they would have been. But coming back to the present, let me point out that these apostles couldn't be with Jesus without being with each other. He didn't call them so he could spend only one-on-one time with each of them. He didn't have a discreet and separate relationship with each disciple. It was all together. And that's what the church is all about. The word in the New Testament translated church really means assembly. An assembly is a group of people who are together in one place where they can touch each other, smell each other's breath, look each other in the eye. Now, there are many people around, and sadly, their number has greatly increased in the last year and a half, who say they are Christians but apparently have no need or desire to be in church regularly. The excuses vary, but at the bottom of it for many is that they just don't like certain people they meet in church. They don't get along with them and have no desire to try, so they stay home and maybe watch some media preacher on TV. Which brings me back to the 12 people Jesus called. What kind of guys were they? What was it like to be in this group? I have an idea that many Christians who perhaps have never thought deeply about this think being with the twelve during the ministry of Jesus would have been glorious. Being around these saints would be so wonderful. I doubt it. I want to talk a little about the particular people Jesus called to travel around with him, live with him, camp out with him, eat with him, face the crowds with him. Actually, I want to talk about just two of them. One you probably know something about, the other you may not know anything about. 
The first is Matthew, whom you know as the author of the first gospel. You probably also know that Matthew was a tax collector. In Judea, in the time of Christ, if you were a tax collector, you were looked on by others, sort of like we look on drug lords today. Not that popular. You see, they collected taxes not for Israel, but from Israel for Rome. Most Jews then hated the Romans, just like you might hate somebody from the other side of the world who took over our country and ran our lives and taxed our earnings. Matthew could collect as much as he wanted and keep the difference. Many tax collectors were very rich. Imagine how their fellow countrymen viewed their material affluence, knowing that it came at their expense. Now, the other apostle I want to talk about is a fellow called Simon the Zealot. He was not the same as Simon Peter. Simon was a common name. Simon the Zealot was part of a group who wanted to kill all the Matthews of the world. They wanted to rebel against Rome and all they stood for, and certainly against all who stood with them. And Jesus called both of these guys to be with him as his disciples. I wonder if they got along well at first. I doubt it. Remember, Luke goes out of his way to tell us that Jesus prayed all night before selecting the apostles. He didn't make any mistakes here. He didn't later say to himself about Matthew and Simon, boy, I I shouldn't have put these two guys together. No, it was his plan. It was God's plan. (laughs) And you think some of those people who go to that church you used to go to are annoying. The fact is, dear friend, Jesus intentionally puts us together in the church with people we're not going to like at first. That's the plan. Why does he do this? You see, the people who find certain others annoying are themselves annoying. We like to think that when there's a so-called personality conflict, it's because the other guy has a bad personality. There surely can't be anything wrong with me. But there is. We all have rough edges that need smoothing out. And that smoothing process is not always pleasant, but it's God's plan. Listen to these words from the other Simon, the one we usually call Peter. As you come to him, a living stone, that's talking about Jesus, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The stones in a building like this can't maintain a safe distance from each other. They have to be touching each other, rubbing against each other, up close and personal, as they used to say on TV. That is God's will for every one of us. If you have separated yourself from God's church, you are living in rebellion. 
Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy and without blemish. Christ loved the church. He loved the church when the church was not what it was supposed to be. Notice that he gave himself up for the church to sanctify and cleanse the church, not because it was already perfect. Do you love Jesus? Then do you love what he loves? If you don't love the church, even as it is with all its faults and all its annoying people, then I have to doubt whether you really love Jesus or you're just fooling yourself. Well, this message turned out a little harder and more direct than I thought when I started, but that happens sometimes when the Spirit is leading. If He is leading, then I'm not. My friend, if you have left the church, ask Jesus to forgive you. Then go back and love those people who you don't like. Jesus loved them with a bloody cross. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm so glad that you're building your church. Thank you for letting me be one of the little stones in this great building. I can't wait for the day when your bride is revealed in glory and you take us to yourself forever. Amen. Well, just so you'll know, all this stuff I've talked about here is not just theoretical for me. I've been in church all my life most of my life as a church leader. It ain't easy, but I'm so honored that Jesus has called me. Right now, he's called me to lead a church plant in the Schenectady, New York area. It's called Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the American Legion Hall at 1809 Union Street at the corner of Cornelius. If you genuinely don't have a church home, come check us out and see if we're too annoying. I haven't found the folks who worship together there annoying at all, at least not so far. You can always email me at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.